Nerd Appropriate presents exclusive coverage of the Bioware Base, recorded live at PAX Prime 2013. All right, welcome to the Rated NA podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. As you'll notice, this is not a numbered uh, podcast. We're doing a whole special series for you. Yeah, we're going to be bringing you a total of 12 different podcasts recorded live at the Bioware base this year's PAX Prime. So make sure to click subscribe and enjoy. We have Dragon Age Inquisition making your mark on Dragon Age. Please introduce yourselves from left to right. And um, if you could tell me your favorite weapon that you can um, reveal that it would not be. <laughs> like, I don't, wanna, I don't want like, you to reveal something that like Peter Moore is going to slap you in the face later and be like, what? You just ruined the campaign. Um, but like a cool weapon or something that you're excited about or like a cool ability or something cool you're excited about. Okay, my name is Mark Darrow. I'm the executive producer for Dragon Age. Um, I'm going to go a little left field here. Go with the trebuchet as my Ooh, favorite weapon. How's that's that? Good. Yeah, yeah. Not very portable. No one's going to be able to beat that. Yeah. Well, Mark will try. Sure. Uh, Mike Laylaw, the creative director. Uh, and for me, I think um, you know the hard work of the the art team and the programmers uh, have made bows uh, continue to be my favorite because they animate now with strings <laughs> and such. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Lee, produce on Dragon One Age. clap. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes, Matt. Uh, my favorite weapon, um, you, you haven't seen it, but there was a sword uh, which was going to be in it, which looks like a tuning fork. It's kind of like yeah. two blades. It's sort of really weird. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm the art director. My favorite weapon is the Eagle Claw Doom Hammer, which you uh, slam a guy's head and it pulls out his spine. It's my favorite weapon. <laughs> why do we? Why do we let Matt be on the panels again? <laughs> I'm here to make all sorts of wild claims. Please, rem- yeah. please remember: one year from ship, many things may change. <laughs> Yeah, there's no no following Or everything. I, I'm Matt Rhodes, a concept artist, and my favorite weapon is... I, I just saw this one. It's so great. It's just combining an axe and a sword, and it just seems like two weapons that have always belonged together. Is that a sword? Mm-hmm. Nuts and gum together last. Is that a swax? Yeah. Swax. Yeah. So in, um, in Dragon Age Origins, we see Ferelden. Uh, a lot of people who are not from Ferelden, we have Liliana, Zelvrin, um... We have Duncan, rest in peace. A lot of them talk about, you know, how dirty, dog, smelly Ferelden is. Uh, then we move to Dragon Age 2. We see Kirkwall. It's, um, you walk in, very imposing. Stone, Kirkwall, Slave City. Not, not anymore. Fun, but, fun mm-hmm. And then Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, oh, look, what am I wearing? What can we say about some of the visual direction that we're going in with Dragon Age Inquisition? Art, uh, well, uh, content-wise or uh, direction-wise, Jessica? Uh, it's follow your bliss. 
Okay. Well, uh, I mean, Matt and I uh, have been working together, and uh, I say uh, Dragon Age 2 is a bit of a, a departure from uh, Dragon Age Origins. We were looking for a distinctive visual signature for the game, and uh, part of our uh, goal is to try and incorporate some of the uh, picture-making elements of uh, some of my favorite samurai movies, and also uh, a lot of the loving kind of atmospherics and uh, specular response and uh, of uh, more Western style. So what we've been able to do is, uh, in the first game, we were able to accomplish the first with our old engine, and our new engine <laughs> allows us to do things like light and shapes, yes. uh, uh, <laughs> reflections, um, specularity, cloth, uh, velvet, grass, human skin. trees, human skin, <laughs> eyeballs, um, and all the other things that we weren't able to do before. Yeah. So there you go. It's a logical progression, and there was a plan all behind it. I'd love oh, to yeah. talk to you in excruciating detail. Yeah. But the nice thing, too, is that running, running things through that filter and through the filter of Frostbite, which opens things up, it means we get to now populate the world. So we're pushing different cultures that have been written about and or only hinted about in previous games through that mesh and, and just being able to design and extrapolate and create people and costumes and props and buckets and mm-hmm. creatures. Buckets. Yeah, it's great. yeah. Layered, layered art history. My, my uh, uh, deep desire one day is actually to have like the New York Met within the game and you can actually go through all the galleries and astute observer could see you know exactly where each of those pieces of furniture came from and Expound to their friends on wood carving totally. of both the of the Tevinter era. Both of us are going to love that. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Dark yeah, Horse all, is making a book all, just all for me. Oh, yeah. yes. But but one yeah. thing one thing to jump off of that I think that there was you know since there was a, a change to the visual style in uh, DA2, I think people decided that's what Dragon Age looked like from now on. Uh, and no, that's what that one really, really brutal city in Dragon Age looks like from now on. Uh, and I think the thing that, that I'm most excited about is watching these guys is they're like, we're going to Orlais. Fancy. <laughs> and that's that's really been the, the summation, I would say. It's like plaster everywhere. And uh, so there's some really, really cool directions there. So we get to see... Um, the nice thing, I guess, about traveling across all these spaces is seeing a wide swath of different visual styles, but how they all kind of form together into one, you know, Dragon Age foundation, and then each nation's and each culture's outgrowth of that. Yeah. We put some Baroque in your Baroque. Mm-hmm. Yo, dog. So you broke while you broke? <laughs> okay, I corseted myself. But I broke a nail while I'm doing it, so I just want to say our lay makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jessica is a soldier. She shattered her uh, ankle and uh, and a finger making that. I know. Whatever. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, can we go into from depart uh, departure from kind of the art direction? Um, what are you uh, interested in w- in terms of kind of? Um, some exci- exciting things you are able to do with the gameplay style that maybe you weren't able to do in previous terms. I know a lot of the muscles you're able to flex is with um, exploration. And how does that tie in with gameplay? So something we've really been trying to do with with uh, Inquisition is, is really it's about... It's really about um, putting you back in the position of actor. Uh, in Dragon Age 2, you really reactor. Combats happen to you. Um, waves are actually really even part of that. And really, and the storytelling, uh, to a large degree, was one of 
a man who did the best he could in or this situation. Or a woman. Or a woman. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Person. Person. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's very tired. Yes. <laughs> uh, so with, with Inquisition, we're really trying to get you into the position of instigator, whether that is the way that combat works or or the fact that you're, you're basically founding the Inquisition. I mean, you're really more rebooting it. But uh, uh, you're founding the Inquisition. You're going out and establishing outposts and, uh, and building up a base of power. All of this is about allowing you to be a force, an, an, um, almost a force of nature on, on the storytelling of the world. And I, I, had a, I had a ton of different goals that I set out for the team as we as we started into it. Um, you know, combat needed to be a fusion of the best parts of Origins, DACAM, and the responsiveness of two, right? We, we wanted to make sure that was a key goal. We wanted to tell a big epic story. You know, I think we... I, I like the personal story that we had with Hawk. I like that, you know, there was so much interplay with the characters. But at the same time, um, you know, the, the thing about Inquisition is its storyline has been percolating since immediately after Origins. It's been around quite a while. Um, so uh, it's a story we wanted to tell, and that, that Hawk's story in a lot of ways was a precursor to it. So good, we're going back, we're going big, we're going epic. I want to go to cool places, and I want to do big things, and I want to stride through the halls of power in a lot of ways was something that we set out for the game. So then um, when we start talking about how that should translate into gameplay, uh, the big goal there, uh, well, I had to, my first experience was coming on to Jade Empire and, and watching... You know, we kept losing exploration levels, right? Like, because they were the easy ones to cut, because nothing happened there. Well, the, the the fallacy there is nothing happens there yet, right? Because if you're building the story, you tend to spec out the parts you need for that, and then you're like, and some other stuff, right? And as long as it remains some other stuff, well, it's easy cuts, right? Oh, it's, it's just wasted work. Um, I think that's a fallacy. I think that there is a fundamental joy in cresting a ridge and going, what is that? And then running to it, right? Like that, that is, that is, that is, that is why people explore mountains. It's why people, you know, have charted the earth. And so with that in mind, then uh, we said, okay, how can we make exploration something that we couldn't lose? How can we make something out of exploration that makes us go, all right, this is, this is still integral. And that's in large way where the idea of, of power and making your mark and expanding the Inquisition's influence came from, is the sense that as you explore, your Inquisition is kind of getting more powerful as a result. You're, you're almost pursuing your own quest, which is to become powerful enough to, to proceed with the story and to tackle the big forces arrayed against you. And then once you have tackled, say, the, the immediate problem, right? There's the long-term problem with the hole in the sky and, and someone maybe behind it and so on. But once you've tackled the immediate problems ahead of you, that the story advances and you say, wow, I wait, okay, I've learned a bunch of new stuff having gone through this story-heavy moment. I need to go to the Western approach. And, and that takes you a new place. And again, that joy of discovery. So that's, that's, that, that for me was saying if we can make discovery into the mechanic by which I'm rewarded with story, then we change the fundamental nature of the game we're making without losing the core of the experience, which is to say that narrative comes first. Yeah, so I'm really excited about um, the ability for the player to actually have a physical impact on the world. Um, so you would have seen, those of you that saw it in the demo, where we, we capped the sulfur pits. Um, but Mark presented a couple of slides there where there's other options that you could do immediately around that keep once you've taken it. So 
um, you know, tearing down that mage gate or um, building the, the sort of statue uh, that increases morale. Um, but obviously, we chose to cap this off a bit. So that has a gameplay impact. You know, we unlock sulfur, we get more gold, and it has this physical impact on the world. You know, so your, your soldiers go in there, they populate, they settle a mine. That's pretty cool. So I've seen being able to do that across a sort of open world kind of an experience is something pretty exciting for me. Yep, I can't come up with anything crazy enough that our engine can't do for once. So <laughs> that is why Dragon Age Inquisition is going to be the greatest game we've ever made. <clears throat> well, it's particularly one of the jobs that concept artists have is that later, well, at, at this stage in the game, we would go in and do paintovers and level paintovers. And so you go in, take a screenshot, bring it back to Photoshop, make some adjustments to send to the guys to build it. Um, but we've been loading it up and just find ourselves like an hour later we're like off in some totally other part of the <laughs> part of the level we're like exploring some cave system it's like what was i doing yeah. <laughs> paint over now more gold more gold okay yeah. And, and, yeah so that's been really fun and detrimental to our work <laughs> <laughs> as he tells his boss detrimental yeah <laughs> well, i definitely want to give people some time for questions do you have anything burning that you want to tell people before we open it up, or mm. I don't know. I just really like to know what you guys would like, want to build in the game. If you could actually build something, if you could like carve your face or, on a mountain, would that? you? <laughs> like, how would you? How would you want to have an impact on, on the <clears throat> physical world? Uh, Hillary's yes. got Hillary's got a mic, so she's going to run around. Or we could make a line. Or line. Or line. I like uh, seeing Hillary run. Oops. <laughs> That was that was a bit creepy. That was yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I manage her, so that's I, that's not appropriate. Yeah, you're in you're in uh, you're in character though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was actually wondering um, with the technology, and you said there's nothing crazy that you can't do anymore. Do you think it's possible at all that we'll ever come with the technology, maybe in the next game, that you can like scan your face with the connect and it can like put it as your character? Because that's what I try to do, and it's always I take hours. It's like Jessica said, I'll get like a game and just do the character creation, and then yeah, what was the like hours at a time? Uh, yeah. There's there's a few. There's yeah. uh, there's there's one of the EA sports games actually yeah. does that, and uh, more right, recently, like Blood Mask uh, on the iPad. Now it it's kind of mapping onto a generic face, so you get yeah, some pretty amusing weird. results. Where <laughs> so, so yes, I, I think we will start to see it. You're not going to see it in Inquisition, but uh, the, the te that technology is. It's they're working. It's, on, they're, it's the coming. big thing is, um, I think the one was like you took kind of took six iPhone shots, and it would that it used that to composite the 3D elements. Yeah, I've so, got that yeah. on my phone. Oh, on your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Matt can do it for you right now. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Put you in Inquisition. Yeah. As a quick segue, were you guys on the panel when uh, Matt said that he he can't wait to 3D print salmon? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that? Matt says that on every panel. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. Some games let you cook salmon, but we can print salmon. <laughs> and then you can cook it. Feed Anyone? back into the hopper and get one XP. <laughs> it started out as he wanted a 3D print stuff in game, and then he, he it turned into food. Yeah, eventually. Dragon Age 4... <laughs> yeah. This is optional DLC. This is spinning. This is spinning wildly out of control. Does someone have a question? Matt's trying to kill me. There's a question. When there, you need to moderate the actual oh. panel, that's the <laughs> sorry. Um, 
So I'm really glad you guys brought back the different races, but one thing I was interested in, if your Inquisitor is an elf or a dwarf, or I'm so excited about the Kunari, um, could that maybe affect kind of racial preferences in the places that you're conquering? You know, if you're, you know, as an elf, elves have been really oppressed in a lot of these cultures, you know, trying to bring elves and raise their status as you sort of conquer these different areas. So there's a, there's a couple elements that... Um uh, just, just to be clear, the, Inqu- the Inquisition doesn't really conquer places. It's not big enough for for taking like an empire. Uh, it is the the nice thing about the Inquisition is you know um, when everybody is kind of distracted, which is really one of the core premises of the game, is that you can move in, kick some bandits out of a keep, or you know a bunch of crazy ass cultists, and take over a castle, and everyone's going to go well, hey, uh, fair enough, right? Uh, so, but that's that's a little different from conquering. That's more you know establishing control. Um, just, just to be clear, I don't want anyone to think this is like, like you know, a Rome total war or some of like that. Those games are absolutely fantastic, but I don't want to set that expectation because I will not meet it. Um, but uh, in terms of, of the racing, um, their race will absolutely affect what you see in the game. Um, but we're going to use an approach which is similar to Origins, just to be kind of upfront with it. Um, in Origins, uh, you know, if you played an elf. To some degree, that came up, right? You know, people mentioned it, it showed up. Every once in a while, someone was super racist. Um, and, and that's really cool because the game's going, yeah, man, I've noticed, and let's, let's throw a little difficulty curve on this one. But there comes a point at which, if it's just knife here, knife here, knife here, it, it gets really worn down and, and becomes kind of this tangential thing. And I would rather spend that level of variety and, and money on, on a big event rather than something small. So similar to Origins, Eventually, the warden will kind of, of subsume elf, right? And more people are worried about, oh, okay, you're the warden. You're, you're the one with the treaties. Well, that's first and foremost, and I have to be extra racist to worry about the fact you're an elf. Um, the Inquisitor will be similar, but again, like in Origins, there was content that was like, wow, that's, that's because of that origin. And similar for us, when mm-hmm. you pick a race, you'll see a chunk of content that's, that's basically just for you. Um, so, yeah, Canary will see stuff elves won't. I think the difference here is that in um, Dragon Age Origins, everyone kind of had to listen to you in some way. They might make you do something first, but they kind of had to listen to you. Here in Inquisition at the beginning, they don't have to listen to you. You have to make them listen. Um, but once you have the ability to make them listen, then, yeah, as Mike said, uh, your race will start to fall away to some degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, okay. Um, uh, since we're speaking about making our mark, uh, let's say we go to the Western Approaches, and while we're exploring the area, we get an encounter that kicks our ass. Can I make my mark in the map and say, bunch of assholes level up and kick their asses <laughs> and go back there? I like that idea. So, yeah. so we are actually looking at... Um, at uh, Dynamic user, map pins. Yeah, u- user, it, yeah. user pins. Yeah. Um, they're not implemented right now, but yeah, it's something that I would like to be able to do. And and definitely now I am extra sold that we need to te- let you name them. Yeah, the off Yeah, because <laughs> we're not going to be able to cover that range of, of blue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, somebody already asked the race question, but um, I was wondering if you could if you could expand on um, the canary and whether like if you play as a canary, like how much does like the actual like the cune. Yeah, the cune. Like, how does that affect? Like, does that affect like what choices you can make and stuff like that? You wanna? To yeah. s- uh, so yeah, everyone looks at me. 
to some degree, yes. Um, it's not. Uh, again, we're not going to make it so that the game, you know, has a, has an enormous deviation just from the one race. Um, you know, Lord Lord love Vampire Bloodlines, but Malkavian could not have been an easy task, um, or Nosferatu actually. But the but the the big thing for me is that. Um, you know the the Canary. You know you can expect you know statistical differences on all the races, right? You know and 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 pretty notable ones. Like we're talking like pretty heavily magic resistant dwarves and that kind of stuff. Because because I I don't want like f- fuck five percent. Jesus, uh, you can do way better. Twenty five. Um, you know it, you want you want your race to have an impact on that front. You can expect obviously people to be you know more than a little askance about the fact that you are a. Um, you know, you're from the invader race, right? Like, literally, the Canari are these highly advanced and utterly alien, you know, creatures almost that, that have come from across the sea. Um, and the, you can expect at least someone to stand up and go, oh, Lord, that is not a good thing. Sorry, oh, maker, that is not a good thing. <laughs> um, so, again, in terms of, like, like it, I don't anticipate it's going to close off huge swaths of content but but I can I mean I can think of one example right now which I absolutely am not sharing with you that um, <laughs> that, that there is there is a thing where you know it's it's borderline impossible to see a particular ending to something not the game but but to a to a big significant event unless if you're playing Canari it's possible but it's bugger hard and if you're playing a human or even an elf it's it's much easier right so so there um, we're taking a look at and I think that our goal is is you know We've known for a while, and, and you know, since we basically moved the date, we've mm. basically been anticipating. So, yes, date moves. Uh, we've been anticipating the races. So the, the writing team's already done, gone through, done passes, and our goal is to make sure that the reactions are realistic but also notable. So, you know, a nice big womph so that you're like, oh, yeah. that's because I'm Canari. Yes. I, don't want, I don't want little tiny card tricks in the dark, as Patrick Weeks calls them. <laughs> Um, so two questions really in both in regards to race. Um, is there going to be like in Origins where you start out and you are actually playing different sections of the game due to your race? And also with those races, are you going to have special abilities like say the Kunari who have, uh, who have been raised with the advanced technologies? Will you have access to that sort of thing? Do you want to take it, Kim? I've been talking too much. Do you want me to go? Uh, <clears throat> so we're still investigating the... Um, the type and amount of content that you'd have three traits? No, no, no unique origin story. Yeah, they won't be origin stories. So, that for yeah. sure. Okay, there you go. Um, unique but there UI be, art for each race gender. There, there will be, uh, there will be, as Mike said, significant uh, elements of the story that, that are specific to the race. Advanced yeah. technology, um, I don't think so. In, in, like terms, in, in terms of abilities and stats and kind of like mechanical changes to the character, uh, not locked out yet is a short version. I, I, we've explored it for sure, and it's it's possible uh, to do um, like Cooley and have the most wicked ass headbutt if you're a canary. You know, <laughs> that would we, be cool. We, we've looked at that kind of stuff. Um, it's it, at this point again, we've kind of been doing all of our homework in terms of the story side and getting the actual character art and stuff done, and they're looking sweet. Uh, but the um, uh, that's one of our last steps is is combat because they would they would have to by nature be relatively small. It wouldn't be a, uh, a game changing kind of effect. So uh, it'll be there. But yeah, the origin origin stuff it can be disappointing. Um, it's cool, but at the same time, it origins serve two purposes. They they were both um, both a tool to say, oh good, your race matters. But more fundamentally, they were there to introduce you to a very specific aspect of 
a, of a world that no one had ever seen mm-hmm. before, right? They were the origins of the series as much as they were origins of you. Um, so there is that. There will still be some degree of, of choice in terms of background, some motivation choices you'll be making and, and so on. Uh, it won't be like it won't be a tabula rasa completely. You'll actually have some <coughs> degree of choice, but it won't be identical to Origins by any means. No, no, it'll be it'll be more varied than that for sure. Yeah, and definitely, definitely, each race you will have a very distinct background in terms of like so a dwarf is here for, is is in the opening sequence for very different reasons than an elf. Yeah. So yeah, there'll be a good chunk of difference there. For, we have to put the headbutt in. Look at this. For, for, from a, <laughs> this is this is this, but Prince uh, Salmon, whatever. Yeah. Okay, um, you can you can you can get Gilmore to animate it. I'm busy. Um, from a from a technology perspective, for the most part, uh, the Canari technology, at least as we've presented, has been largely macroscopic stuff. So you're not like you don't have a cannon or a dreadnought or a. Any, you do have a rocket launcher. You, you, <laughs> And headbutt as a racial bonus, that is incredible. That's not going to work for dwarves very well. But for canaries, that actually makes sense. Where's a pad? Yeah. <laughs> With the same animation, a dwarf one could just be a groin butt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can it's we like just, the, can, like we, can, we, can we call yeah. it a nut butt and be done yeah. with it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Ladies are resistant. About the different possibilities of background, um, how extensive will your background choice be able to be? Will it be like um, in Dragon Age 2, you didn't have much of a choice in your background. In, in Dragon Age Origins, you could a little bit, but if you wanted to be, for example, a human warrior, you were generally a noble, uh, will you be able to be, like, let's say, a human who's from Ferelden and, or another one that's from Orle, or like, How extensive is the choice as far as your background? Uh, it um, it will be incredibly extensive. Shut, shut up, Coleman. Uh, <laughs> We're still looking into that bit. Yeah, yeah. We mostly. Are, I, I think. I think. I'd expect. Um, you know, your class will matter. Certainly, mage is a different experience than a than a than a um, you know a warrior. Uh, so that that has to be accounted for. But I would not. I would not expect thousands of different variations because you know. If oh I'm from Orlay, you don't sound Orlesian. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to give you. Cho- I'm not going to give you a thousand choices, and they make no difference. That's right. The, like that's yeah. that's kind of the fundamental. It's like you know, it's like I want all the choices. We cannot do that, right? It's, there are limits um, to what we can do and to human stamina, and so um, essentially, our, our our decisions have to be: what do we feel that we could accurately support? cool, let's let the players do that. And I mean, if we're holding if we're holding ourselves accountable to anything very specifically with Inquisition, it's that if we give you the choice, we're going to honor it. Well, it has to have a some, meaningful impact. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. So um, if if there are times when we seem to have less choices, it's probably because there was no time or, or some technical thing or something that meant we couldn't justify it. Yeah. So. Okay. You might have already covered this. I kind of came in late. Um it may seem weird for a girl to say this, but I really liked the fact in Dragon Age you could, like, seduce different women. Is that still going to be in there, and will the different races um, kind of change how that works? <laughs> Actually, yes and no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking, like, the barmaid in Redcliffe kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember her fondly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what's going on over here? Oh, sorry, I got tired. So, but I wasn't. I 
It does kind of look like I'm coming on to the I, Well, she, she also <laughs> said, she said, Witch of the Wild. And, then and I you were all like, ah! <laughs> Lund- <laughs> anyway, anyway, long story short, um, uh, kind of, sort of, but I'll, I'll be honest that um, we, uh, we tend to do our seduction pass pretty late in the run. Um, that's so that's weird. The seduction pass. <laughs> 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 you heard they said like that. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. Me, well, yeah, you're new. You're new. <laughs> we sit in the same room as me, so you know, seduction pass on. It's just a little Barry White and some candles. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be good. So um, I, I, I expect so because tr- I don't know if you've met my writing team, but they're kind of hard to contain. Um, but in terms of like, you know, don't ask for numbers because Lord knows they'll sneak something in past me regardless. So. <laughs> Uh, I have a question about uh, classes. Um, so is it going to be the same classes that have been in the previous Dragon Age games? And can you maybe talk about how race may affect class choices? I mean, there wasn't that really that problem in 2, but like... No Dwarven Mages. Canary uh, Mage would be obviously something a little taboo. Um, so can you talk about how that's going to work? Well, no Dwarves won't be able to be Mages. That's, that's it. That's it. Boom. That's it. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, the class is going to be the same. I think yeah. the, the, the thing that I want to make sure we nail is that, you know, DA, DAI, you know, I want, I want it to be the foundation of the series going forward. It's a complete recreate, you know, with the, with the engine change. Um, I want to make sure that we have Warrior, Rogue, and Mage rock solid and that we have a, a very, very good foundation to build on before I start adding more classes. Um, obviously, specs will be there to, to allow you to tailor your character further. Um, we'll get into some more details on that kind of next year yeah. uh, and, and dive in. And ideally, we're getting some talent trees and stuff up early so you can build them. But the uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, we we actually did consider a fourth class and and well, you know, six or seven others. Uh, but uh, at this point, we decided to to lock it down to just stick with the the core ones. And uh, we will we will probably expand. I would imagine in the future. But again, when you're when you're redoing it all, let's make sure we get the foundations right. Um, I was wondering how your previous marks made on the world will impact or help or hinder making your mark in Inquisition. I know you have Dragon Age Keep to carry over your choices you made from Origins and Awakenings and whatever. I was wondering how far into the weeds can you get on recording your previous choices and bringing them over. The, the Keep has a pretty extensive list of stuff, so... You know the, the choices that uh, the impact of those choices in Inquisition. Um, there's some you know the really big ones and there's some small ones as well. But you know we'll, that's what we can really say at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the one one thing to notice the keep the keep actually supports um, more more decision points than I expect we will cover yeah. entirely in Inquisition. Uh, but it does that for good reason because our goal is to kind of make a one stop shop so that if we if we kind of do a pass through and, and the writing team and, and myself and the editors, we've all done a big pass through uh, essentially knowing that we kind of get one shot for you to kind of build from the ground up. Uh, we, we went a pass through and said, what, what do we think that we might want to deal with in the future? And so it's a pretty broad spread. Uh, that said, anything that is in there and brought forward, you could expect to see at some point in the series. Um, but uh, again, it's one of those things where if we say randomly, 
brought back a major character who had a number of very, very different endings based on certain decisions you'd made who looked like Jessica, then, then you could expect, if that, if that character is present, you could expect that character to be accounted for and dealt with in, in what we're hoping is a very thorough way. So that's, that's kind of to that point, right? It, it may not all come up, but if you start to see it come up, expect it to be, to be adapting to what your keep data is saying. Yeah, the keep data includes like all the, the two previous games, all the DLC, I think even one of the Flash games as well. So it's, yeah. it's a lot. Okay, so in Origins, like, you had your party camp where it was just kind of like you could go and, like, just remember what all happened and kind of absorb it, and you had all of your party mates there, but in Dragon Age 2, you had to, like, go visit the characters' houses, so in Inquisition, are, is there going to be, like, a party camp where everyone's there, or do you have to specifically go to that person to have a conversation with them? There will be a central location in which you can interact with, with your uh, companions. And notably, because I, I know lots of people have asked for this, um, I'm not going to go any further into detail than this, but very notably you will be able to talk to them beyond just the, just hello. It'll be, it'll, you'll be able to ask them questions about stuff and that kind of thing. Um, like, like, all, like all great things, eventually you will probably start to loop back, but I know that for some people it's just going to Alistair and going, kiss him, kiss him, kiss him, <laughs> kiss him. That's all I need, kiss him, yeah. kiss him, kiss him, kiss him. So um, that's rock on, shine on, you crazy diamond. So, so yeah, well, expect more of that. So um, on the topic of making your mark, um, one thing that I think would be interesting uh, is if you could make your own weapon that sort of um, grows with you. So in, in, the, in the fact that it could get like a reputation, if you go into battle hmm. with a weapon you've created and hmm. you kill a lot of people, people start to fear you because you have that weapon. And sort of it takes on a story of its own. Is that something? And then it becomes Lilacor and starts talking to you. Um, that's cool. So, yes, that's, that's very cool. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know to what degree we will kind of be tracking an individual weapon's growth. Um, there's been some games that have kind of used that as their fundamental progression mechanic, right? Dark Cloud. Yeah, Dark Cloud definitely works Where you're kind yeah. of recombining parts and stuff. Um, one of our goals, though, and, and the mats have been absolutely instrumental in helping this happen, is I want, I want players to be able to kind of... So say they find something they really like the look of, to be able to then engage with crafting, to be able to bring it forward, right? So you can have a same suit of armor. You, heck, if you really like the one you started the game in, you can build a better and better version of it and name it yourself accordingly, right? So um, I, think, I think you'll be able to do that definitely at a meta level in terms of like, oh, the sword itself is gaining in power and, and stuff. It, it, I guess my worry there is it kind of implies a degree of sentience that thus far we haven't explored um, with weaponry and artifact level stuff, but but you can absolutely kind of visually have that experience where you're like, yeah, it's a humble blade, but check this shit out. Wham! Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and I mean, Matt, you guys might want to talk a little more about that, that about process. Well, I mean, to, just to or, or Mark. for a second, I'm, to, to some degree, the the forming of a legend for an inanimate object. To assume for a second that that we're not going to have talking swords and more things. Um, do, I, if, do we need to talk? Maybe in the oh, fade. Okay, um, cool. uh, it's going to take. This is a generational thing, right? Like you don't you don't tell the legend of a guy's a guy who's a kick-ass awesome dude's sword because the guy was a kick-ass awesome dude. You you tell the legend of the sword that's after several guys have inter- have have mm. adventures and 
and experiences with that. So it is not really actually appropriate, I would, I would argue, at least it, in, the, in the scope of the story that we're telling here, where it's largely about the story of, of the Inquisition and the Inquisitor. Now, they can, now, even though I just sort of put a big mm-hmm. bullet in that, you guys yep, want to talk about it? <laughs> yes, well, I, I'm uh, a fan of sleeper cars that uh, can do a nine-second quarter mile, but it looks like crappy old station wagons. So you can totally have a rusty nail, but it has vorpal properties, <laughs> all of the elemental runes. You can chop a dragon in half just by pulling it out of its sheath. <laughs> Uh, this is a really quick two-parter. Um, one, we've already seen Orle and Fraralden as places we're going to be able to visit and make our mark. Um, can you tell maybe some other uh, countries that we're going to be able to maybe visit? And um, in terms of making our mark, the Inquisition is like its own independence, not conquering, but the decisions you're making, are they going to, like, let's say you decide you're going to burn a couple buildings or I'm, I know leave villages to burn, like in the demo, um, and let, say, King Alistair hears about this, and he's not too happy. Are the countries going to react to your decision, like, as a whole? For more information about how awesome our universe is and all the various <laughs> nations, I recommend checking out Did the Dark Horse, that, Dragon Age, <laughs> The World of Thetis, Volume 1. <coughs> Did you just notice that, Matt? No, I know. I've been looking at this stack, and I want everybody to know we worked really hard on that, and it's cool. Um, so, in... T- <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Matt, did you do two days of press that you didn't tell us about? Because Mark and I have an excuse, is what I'm saying. And Cam. Yeah. God, he just came back from England. Anyway, uh, Mark, you have an answer. I can't, I'm kind of forgetting the question. <laughs> uh, Are we going to other countries? Oh, will yes. King Alistair be pissed that we let his people uh, So definitely you will have an impact on the, the, the nations will notice your... Um, your Actions. things, stuff in the world. <laughs> I'm losing completely. Yeah. So yes, the, the, the your actions yeah, and you decisions. Know, can you take yes, it for five minutes? Thank yes. You. Your actions and decisions that you do, like like um, some of the things you build, some of the things you, you destroy, etc., um, will have an impact on on the various um, organizations, factions, nations, etc., that you deal with. Um, so yes to that. What was the other one? Uh, where do we go? Where, where do you go? So from a lots nation, of places. Yeah, lots of places. Yes. From a nation perspective, mostly yes. focused on Orlay and. Uh, Ferelden. Um But within that, there's a lot of distinct areas, right? Yeah. Like, we wanted to give you the opportunity to... Because it's a really huge world and a really huge map. So we wanted you to be able to go to... Across all this um, realm, uh, because the story is so epic that you need to be able to have enough space to do it. Um, and then giving you uh, the best spots of that to sort of go to that are really unique and, and distinct. Um, so when you go to a, a swamp, it feels like a swamp. You know, it's like this sort of mini open-world swamp. And when you go to a desert, it feels absolutely like a desert. Who can hear you, Cam? I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, yes, there you go. So I think we have time for one more question. Jessica realizes that things are starting to uh, spiral out of control up here. (laughs) This girl over here had her hand up the highest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Hillary. Someone someone is taking your job. (laughs) Run, run. Okay. Just, just okay. ask. Yeah. We can hear it from here. Me? Oh, okay. Um, you can ask. You can ask. Not. You guys seem really excited about the new engine 
that you're on, but were there any, like, challenges that you faced, like, going from, you know, the old one to this one? Yes. Everything. Frostbite's a shooter engine, right? So Trinet, that had nothing in there about, like, stats, RPGs, cinematics, like, conversations. All that had to be built from the ground up. I I was amazed to learn, when we first got it, the only effects, visual effects it could do were bullets. Yeah, point to point effects, sabo rounds, was good at that. Yeah. yeah, tracers, cement like, shards, walls smoke, of fire and ice blasts, yeah. and all yeah, that stuff. I mean, to, to that point, it, it was really uh, difficult for us to be able to get like decals, like the bullet decals, which are little bullet holes you see in the wall when you shoot a gun um, in an FPS. To do bigger ones than that, like a fireball, that was a humongous challenge. So that's the kind of thing we run up against all the time. Yep. So um, I know you guys said they usually leave like romance to the end, but like in Dragon Age Two, there was that whole controversy about everyone being romanceable regardless of gender. Um, and I remember that David Guider addressed it and said that you guys didn't really regret it. So um, I'm wondering if it's going to be similar in Dragon Age Three, if it'll be more like Mass Effect Three, where like there's more variety in like sexuality and stuff like that. Fortunately, we're not actually able to talk about the romances right now. Um, no, it's it's so there's you know it seems like a dodge it is kind of but at the same time um, with something that that we've been pretty pretty hard with ourselves about is to make sure that if we're going to talk about a feature or a major component of the game like that until it's in until it's locked down until it's kind of been kind of revised or, or tested um, we're not going to talk about it right which is why you didn't you didn't hear whisper of TACCAM until we had TACCAM ready to show right so uh, when it comes to our approach to romance we will absolutely go into that in detail. Um, I can I can speak from a philosophical point in that uh, um, we're not uh, we're not we're not real big on regrets and certainly that um, having having a support for a wide range of players and orientations yeah. is something that we consider to be very important. Um, but in terms of specifics and how does that map and all that kind of stuff, that's that's why I don't want to go into until we until we have everything fir- firmly locked down, right? So. Um, if anything, it's it's fair to you guys. Uh, it's fair to the press, but eh, you guys are the ones that, that are buying the game and, and giving us that feedback. So um, expect that to be our approach actually going forward is, is like, we're going to probably roll on up with full talent trees when we start talking about, like, all the abilities you can have rather than, oh, yeah, there'll probably be one where you – and then it gets cut later. That always sucks, right? And you get your hopes up and then, then lose it. So um, – I apologize for not being able to answer that right now, but again, uh, holding yourself to that standard, I think, is, is best for everyone. Awesome. I think um, that's a good a good message going forward for everyone. Um, spread that message around to uh, your friends. <laughs> we're not going to talk until we're ready to talk. Do you guys have any um, any really last welcoming. parting words that you want to leave people with on this Saturday? I, I have a question for Laidlaw. Is the hottest chick in the game not going to be my sister this time, right? What? What is this? First off, Matt Goldman, I would ask you to check your privilege. Oh, wow. And to not enforce any sort of degree of physical beauty as a measure of attractiveness. Secondly, I would remind you that you are responsible for the visual appearance of all the characters. And lovingly suggest that you fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> as you wish, as you wish. Wow. And that's our panel, everyone. This went well. Uh, this went really well. That's how you end a panel, folks, right yeah. there. Yeah. So um, that is our program for the Bioware Beast.
And that brings us to the end of this episode's Bioware-based panel coverage. We hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at NerdAppropriate, or Facebook, slash NerdAppropriate. Email us directly. That is Matt, Hillary with one L, Scott or Ash at NerdAppropriate.com. And we have uh, over 100 episodes to check out. So definitely subscribe and let us know what you think. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.